a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. When you hear the phrase, that is a bold move, what comes up for you? I mean, do you do things in your life that you consider bold? You might hear that word and associate it with being, oh, well, that's too much. I don't want to be too much, or I don't want to rock the boat in some way. But the truth is, is that being bold means you don't hesitate and you're not having that fear factor, right? That comes in of maybe possible danger. This often translates to standing up for what you believe in, despite potentially stepping on someone's toe. Now, in other words, being bold means speaking up or you're taking like a bold action without dwelling on the potential negative consequences of your actions. If you're never bold, you'll find it hard to take a stance and own what you want, demand respect and really being heard and seen and living a life true to yourself means that you have to stand up for what you believe in. But I will say being bold isn't easy, right? Like it's hard, especially if you are a person that values peace, you're a people pleaser, an over caretaker, and you try to avoid conflict at all times, you know, because the thought of making a statement or standing out and really being seen might be super scary for you, right? I find that a lot of clients that I work with fear being seen, having a voice and taking a stance because of that, they struggle to really put themselves out there in the dating world. And that's why I love this notion about being bold in your dating life, because it can give you a lot of courage to do many things like get potential partners that respect you more. It'll give you a voice, right, to you if you're shy get what you truly deserve, bring you together with more opportunity to meet people, be seen. And if you take it one step further and flirt on top of it, well, then you get an A plus. But most recently I flew to work with a client that demonstrated this boldness and it's just at the top of my mind. So it's so perfect for this topic. She had a very bold transformation. Um, This was a woman who grew up taking care of her sick mother and never was able to express her feelings or needs because all the focus was on her mom and taking care of her. And in her family system, it wasn't okay to express her feelings. And on top of that, She was given the message that good girls don't dress sexy, that good girls, you know, just go to school and there's a time and place to to date, you know. And in fact, she was discouraged to be seen in that way or even flirt for that matter. So fast forward to now, I, you know, as an adult, she spent so much time hiding in her frumpy, dull colored clothes that she was hiding her beautiful figure and she feared talking and even dating men. But most of all, She was really scared of being seen. Here's the, just the beautiful part about the story is that when I flew out there, she lives in another state. um, I was, you know, kind of sitting down and, and coaching with her and I was telling her, I can't make this up. I was telling her that she has been in a cocoon for a really long time and that it was time for her to poke 
holes in that cocoon and become that butterfly just to even start flapping her wings. And on cue, I kid you not, on cue, a butterfly came right next to us as we were talking and just landed right right there. I, I actually got it on film. And it was so significant. And she began to cry and she's like, you know, this is a sign. And she got teary-eyed with emotion in that moment. And after that release, she's like, I'm ready. I am ready to fly. I'm ready to be seen. I'm ready to wear that dress. And so she did. Oh my God, did she? So we went shopping. We went flirting. We actually ended up sitting at a bar with all men and boy, did she take bold action. I mean, she was chatting up a storm. She was flipping her hair. She was batting her eyelashes. She's you know, the, the sexy confidence grew so much. And on top of it, she actually allowed me to film the entire thing and post it on social media. So talk about somebody who was fearful of even saying hi to one that just like is now all over social media. Like that's the magic and the power of, you know, taking that bold action. When you're right, you know, you eventually find the courage to speak up and, and go bold, like when you're in that right frame of mind. But sometimes you need a little help in getting there. It can be really rewarding and create a lot of opportunities, especially when it comes to love. And with me today is a really fun and amazing guest. I can't wait for you to meet him, who is going to help me talk about creating boldness in your dating and increase your confidence overall. He is an author, speaker, entrepreneur and business advisor. He co-founded the most successful dentist referral service in the country. You might have heard of it, 1-800-DENTIST. In fact, when I got the email, I thought it was an advertisement. I'm like, oh my God, that guy's coming on my podcast. I was so excited. He has previously written two books on marketing, has dabbled in stand-up and improv comedy, acted in bad movies and excellent TV commercials. His latest book, Super Bold, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days, is an Amazon and Wall Street Journal bestseller. He once beat Sir Richard Branson in chess. I love that and was also a question. Oh, he was also a question on Jeopardy. No way. He is an avid cyclist, a below average tennis player, and even worse golfer. He lives in, guess where? Los Angeles. Welcome, Fred Joyle. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Kimberly, it's going to be an exciting conversation. I'm sure of it. I mean, I know of it because based on the conversation we just had offline, like, that was crazy. Well, I, I mean, we just have to tell and share a little bit of, of the context because we were just talking about being bold and one thing led to another and you were talking about your workshop and I'm talking about my workshop coming up, Spark Your Sexy with Girls and I Need Bachelors. And what happened? I stepped up and said, <laughs> I can be a bachelor. I want to do it. I, I, I want to be an eligible bachelor on the workshop. So you are going to take bold action and flirt with my ladies. Like, I love it. No, they got to flirt with me. That's uh, uh, I'm, I, I'm an innocent bystander. Nice. Nice. Yes. The ladies will be all ready for you by the time that happens. So anyway, I see that that just shows you how much opportunity can happen when you, when you really put yourself out there. So anyway, we digress. I would love to hear, first of all, more of your story. I, you know, just you've done so many things and so many interesting things. I'd love to hear kind of just what led up to where you are now. 
and I really want to make sure I'm focusing on the dating life because I think that's so important for people to understand a, the the power of boldness. And and the first thing I want to really say before I go into my life story is people think that oh you need confidence to be bold. Actually boldness is what builds your confidence. You can be totally underconfident in a situation and just take action anyway. You could be completely underconfident and uh and make the move anyway and totally uncomfortable and still act boldly and what happens is you succeed or you learn something you say oh I I did that but I, and I've done this I've been in conversations where I boldly went up and I just talked to this person I really wanted to talk to and it went so well that I, that I broke away and as I broke away I thought what am I leaving for <laughs> you know, like, so like, yeah. cuz I cuz it went so well I wanted to take the prize and run and I and then I realized I could have stayed with it. I could have, I could have gone deeper with that person had I just mm. relaxed a little bit more. So there's, there's so much involved in that. But I, I was an incredibly shy person growing up. I, I had a really bold mom and she was always pushing me too far into my discomfort too early. And so I became really shy and underconfident. I was... Young for my age, which doesn't make any sense. But I mean, I, I started high school at uh, 13 years old because I skipped the second grade. Uh, you know, I graduated high school at, you know, 16. And so I was smaller. And, you know, and I had people, people made, this was before glasses were cool. So I wore glasses and people made fun of me for wearing glasses. People made funny you for everything in high school it's really it's like the land of cruelty where everybody feels so insecure that the only way they feel better about themselves is to make somebody else feel worse about themselves uh and it's it really impacts people uh and i was actually having this conversation with uh a guest on my past in my podcast and 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 his name is tucker max the uh the author and and we were we were talking about how the 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 body has exactly the same reaction to psychological danger as it does to physical danger. Yeah. It's fight, flight, or, or freeze. And we and freeze is the big one that mm -hmm. we go for. But the interesting thing is that the, the impact of it, if you have some psychological trauma versus physical trauma, your body heals from the physical trauma. But the psychological trauma, if you don't find a way to deal with it, it never heals on its own. So it's it's much more impactful. So this is, you know, we talk about this, you and I both, about this baggage we're carrying, these, these yeah. bad tapes that we repeat over and over in, in our head. And I had plenty of them. But I and I missed opportunities. I missed relationships. I, I, I missed work opportunities. I missed fun. I missed promotions uh, and adventure. And and I just it made me so frustrated and so angry. And I would see bold people and I would say, why do they like this? Why don't they process rejection like I do? Why don't they take it on and have it ruin their lives like I do? And and I just so I just started to emulate them. And started to create that feedback loop and then very gradually got bolder and bolder and bolder and then figured out how I was doing it. Because there, there are some people who are just naturally bold yeah. but, and they can't tell you how they do it because they were always that way. They, it never got programmed out of them. 
But because I had to teach myself and it took me so long, I just compressed the whole process into something systematic that anybody can learn in a very accelerated way and then just get bolder and bolder the rest of their lives. I, I love it. And I want to hear some of those tips because I know a lot of people, especially that I'm working with, they get so in their head with a lot of this stuff. And then that, that fear, just like you said, paralyzes them. Yeah. Um, in your journey, and sorry, because you, you really come out, obviously you've really come out of it. Was there a time that, you know, you just said, there's no way I can do this and, you know, wanted to give up or you kind of like, you know, it's hard to push yourself. And I just wondered like how you, you pushed yourself through those moments. It it was, you know, two or three big things, big in my head, big, like fails that I, that I just didn't step up or speak up. uh, And, and they gnawed at me so much that I just said, this, this, has to stop this. I I will not be the person who doesn't speak up, who doesn't step up. I will not be that anymore, no matter how uncomfortable I am. And I will learn to speak better because of course, when you're, you're shy, you develop all of these defense mechanisms. I, I, I made the big mistake, which many people make who they feel like, Oh, when I meet somebody, I have to be clever. I have to be witty. I have to be interesting. You don't have to be any of those things. And that's actually too much pressure mm-hmm. to put on the other person to be that clever. And of course, my idea of being clever was sarcasm, which is not useful. Uh, mm. I can I can tell you right now, didn't was not helpful at all. And I went to an all boys high school, so I had no none of good social skills from that either. It was all about who could cut people down better. Uh, and so I had I was really rough around the edges. And I, and I just, there was the one thing that happened to me that was really powerful is there was a, a woman that I had known and, I, and we were really compatible and we had, we had known each other for years as friends. And there was this situation. She was actually staying over at my house and sleeping in my bedroom on the floor. And I had this sense. It's like, I should speak up. I should say like, we should take this to another level. I should do something. And I never said it. Uh. And then three or four years later, she's getting married uh, and I'm at, I'm going to her wedding. And I end up after the wedding, I end up driving her best friend to the airport. And she says, you know, about six months ago before, you know, essentially the bachelorette party. She said, she said, you know what she said to me? She said, I don't know if I'm in love with Michael. I think I'm in love with Fred. Uh, uh, And I'm like this, I'm hearing this after the wedding, at the day of the wedding. Wow. But it was, you know, and in the end it was, it was fine because I needed that punch in the gut. I needed it to, to say, this is how wrong you were for not speaking up. Cause the worst she could have happened, happened to say is no, I really just want to be friends. Uh, like I haven't heard that before. And, and, and like, you don't have to take that on because how many times do you have somebody that you meet and you say, you know what, I, I really just want to be friends with them. I, you know, everybody doesn't have to love you. Everybody that you fall in love with, 
is un, it doesn't mean you're gonna they're gonna fall in love with you. Those are two separate tracks going on. And once you realize that that is going to happen, and it's got nothing to do with you. I mean, you can always be a better person, but we are all flawed people moving through life, hopefully trying to get better. But nobody's perfect. Nobody's cool all the time. Nobody's clever all the time. You know, we're irritating 20% of the time, (laughs) you know. So, uh, you know, you just release yourself from the burden of other people's judgment. And, and it's so liberating. You want to give somebody wings, just say, understand that just like you have judgments about everybody and you're wrong about 90% of the time, they're doing the same thing to you. They don't know you. So why worry about it? Bold people worry about the opinion of an average of about six people. And the rest, they say, that's none of my business. Yeah. And it's so empowering. It's so liberating. I love, love what you said, because it's funny. I just had a discussion about this very thing that you're talking about in my group that um, it's the women that are coming to the retreat. And I, I, I was saying, like, we're always our own worst enemies every single time. And we always think we're like breaking news. Like, do you really think when you're walking in the room that everyone's like, Oh my God, that woman, she said hi to me. Can you believe it? It's like, no, you know, the only worst thing you could do is not say hi and then nothing happens, but it's like reversed in sometimes your mind. And so a question I like to ask, and you just kind of said it is what's the worst thing that could happen, right? Like even just saying hi or making eye contact or smiling, if that's bold for you and what's bad about that, well, then that person won't like me. And what's bad about that? Well, then they might not like respond to me. And what's bad about that? You know, and you just kind of keep asking that those questions and you realize the ridiculousness of it, you know, and I know there's even an improv game around that, but like there, it, it, the psychology of it is always like the reverse of what, what gets instilled in you in, in that fear factor of like, oh my God, I can't do it. Well, the, and the phrase I use, and I talk about it in my book is, so what? It's the same. Oh, so thing. Uh, same thing, right? <laughs> so what? They might yeah. not like me. So what? So what? Does is everybody have to like you? Is that's like an impossibility for everyone to like you? Nobody likes is liked by everybody. The the most personable people in the world have people have haters. Uh, so why would you be any different? And and. You know, this is uh, when I talk to guys and they say, oh, that 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 woman, she's so gorgeous. I can't go talk to her. She's got guys hitting her on her all the time. She's not interested in anybody. And I'd say, actually, it's the opposite. So Mm. many guys are afraid to talk to her because she's so attractive that she stands there alone half the time. And then when the guys come up, they say something stupid. Um. Oh, they comment on her body, which is ridiculous. She's a supermodel. You don't have to talk about her body. Why not find out what she's interested in? But they they build it up in their head. And then and I said, why not go out and find out, go up and find out if she's actually interesting? You could talk to her for 10 minutes. I've had it happen where I've I've talked to a really attractive woman. And 10 minutes in, I say, I couldn't listen to that laugh on an ongoing basis. It's too freaky, uh, you know, or, or wow, she's, she's lucky. She's beautiful. Cause man, is she dumb? Uh, and or whatever. And just, or just 
any number of things, you, you know, what, what she's interested in. I'm, you find out what's, what that matters to them. Cause that tells you if, if you're just projecting some fantasy onto them, Oh, she would be perfect because of the way she looks or because of the way he looks or the way he dresses or what he drives or how much he makes. That doesn't mean he could be the biggest jerk in the world. She could be the most tedious person in the world or, or the most arrogant or the most selfish or, or the most, you know, way more intelligent than you and find you dumb. Why not find that out instead of creating a fantasy? And that's and hesitation. You talked about it at the, at the beginning. Hesitation is the opportunity killer. Mm. And that's what we do. We hesitate as if the window is going to stay open. And I, when I talk in my workshop, I talk about, I said, you know what carpe diem means? Yeah. And they say, yeah, seize the day. I said, I want you to carpe, carpe momentum, carpe the moment, because most of the time it's a moment that you have. It's a window that snaps shut sometimes in 30 seconds or a minute or two minutes. I love it. I see the metaphor like science, science fiction. It's like the portal, right? Like yeah. you only have the portal's going to close really fast. You're running towards <laughs> you it in science run. fiction and it's shrinking yeah. down and you dive through. I mean, that's that's how many that mine those memories where you hesitated and you watched the opportunity disappear. Oof. Powerful. And sometimes let's here's the here's the worst example. You're at uh, a memorial for a good friend. And they say, would anybody like to say anything? And you you start to run the tape. Oh, I don't like speaking in public. Oh, I might cry. Oh, I might be embarrassed. People are going to laugh at me. It could be humiliating. Ten minutes go by. Bunch of people go. Then they say, would anybody else like to say anything? And you're about to get up. And they say, okay, well then. And it's over. And that opportunity to say how important this person was and how you felt about them and express that in front of people is gone forever that that should torment you because it will you'll look back and say I, I had that moment and I didn't do it and that and and because I was worried about crying hey I've I've given half a dozen eulogies I've cried at every one of them I'm not worried about the performance mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is that's really, really powerful hack for people, you know, as you're thinking about just the, the visualization of that portal closing. And one thing that you were also talking about is like finding out about the person rather than a, a line or something. And I, and I think that that is also something that can help people be more present because a lot of times when people are in their heads a lot, there's anxiety, there's analytical in their thinking, they're thinking of what to say. I get that all the time. Kim, just give me some, some lines I can say in the beginning. And my answer is no. <laughs> no, because it's it, it's not going to come across as genuine. It, there's going to be this disconnect. There's a lack of feeling and you're not even being interested in the person. And so what you are saying is so brilliant because it's really when you're finding out about the person and what's in the environment, it'll take that anxiety away of what to say. So I, I just wanted to highlight that because I think that's a really good tip. Are there other tips that you give in, in ways of boldness? Uh, well, when take the pressure off the conversation to be so impressive. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, and just say, 
you know, hi, I'm, I'm Kimberly. I, I, I'd really like to meet you. Uh, you, you seem really interesting. Oh, just thank like, you. You just, just, <laughs> you just throw a little compliment at that. And, yeah. and I, and I also say use interesting adjectives or, or, and adverbs. I mean, uh, mm. you seem distractingly, uh, intelligent and just, and, and they're just, wow. I never really heard anybody say that. And just have like a little repertoire that, and, but here's what I talk about. You have to prepare yourself. You have to prepare something. Mm, yes. Because oh, it's the foundation for you being spontaneous. You got your right. fallback thing. You could say, I'm going to go over and, and, and tell him that those, those are really cool glasses that he's on. And you get up to him and then you, you suddenly notice that his, his eye color is amazing. Or that like you've never seen a necktie like that or, or whatever, or, or you get up close and you see the fabric of his suit and you just say, wow, that, that, that suit's incredible. It's so sexy on you. And I try to tell women this. I said, for me to tell a woman she's sexy when I first meet her, it's not going to go that well. Okay. Not in the first few sentences. Say it to a man, never going to be a problem. You look really sexy <laughs> right. in that suit as the second so thing true. you say. Not a problem. Never heard a guy go, what the hell is she thinking? Telling because me most women is. don't compliment men in that way. That's what's so yeah. brilliant about it, too. Yeah. You know? so, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, it's, it's so easy when you take the pressure off yourself and mm. you just, you, you come up with anything. You realize if you, there's a million things to ask somebody. What's the most interesting thing that's happened to you this week? Who's the most interesting person you met in the past month? Um, is how, How's this year going for you? Open-ended questions that allow you, and this is the trick, this is the magical five words, is when they answer, now I'm going to tell you what people normally do. Mm -hmm. You say, okay, what, what, what's the most interesting place you've been to this year? Oh, well, I was in Rome, you know, and I, I've had a great time. I, I saw the Colosseum, saw the Forum, ate a bunch of gelato. Uh, and what the worst thing that we do, we always feel like we have to play tennis. Now we have to tell them the most interesting thing that happened to us. So we start to do that. Or worse, we play top this. And we say, oh, One yeah, up. I was One in up. Rome. When I was in Rome, I got a, a, a private tour of the Vatican and actually met the Pope. I got to kiss his ring. And then I saw the Rolling Stones at the Colosseum, you know, and then a, 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 a private cooking class with, with this famous. And you're just like they got you've, you've overwhelmed them with how much better your trip to Rome was. <laughs> <laughs> so and they got so what did they go yeah i just i just ate a lot of pasta yeah you know, i thought i had a good time i guess i i didn't have a good time um right. instead the magical words tell me more about that wait a minute you you were in the coliseum i thought they weren't letting people in there anymore you don't know that or not and they said oh no you got to see it it's unbelievable it's two thousand years old at an amphitheater it's still there the Romans built stuff that's still there. It's aqueducts that are still there. And you just let them gush. Tell me, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tell me more about that. And then you can do the, when you start to tell them, you can say, you know, I had a similar experience in Paris where I was going up to the restaurant in the Eiffel Tower and I, you know, I get to the top, you know, and, we, and the, the, the whole 
the whole thing is in chaos. But anyway, I want to know more about the trip to Rome. You just stop your story right in the middle and leave it hanging. Leave, create suspense. Find out if they ever want to hear about the trip to Paris or not. But you just, you just, you do this little tease like, oh, I got to use it like in in a movie, use Mm -hmm. suspense Mm -hmm. and then just, and just go right back to them. And I, I, I can tell you this, and I'm sure you're teaching people this all the time. I have people that I have had conversations with at parties and events that think I'm completely fascinating. They know nothing about me. Cause I've just asked them questions. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they, they want, they say, you got to meet Fred. He's like amazing. Well, what does he do? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is he's amazing. <laughs> I, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's because, so interested in me. He must be amazing. Well, and, and what you're saying too, and this is what I tell people is that it's not about the facts. It's about the feelings that get elicited from a conversation. Right. Yeah. And so that's why that question is brilliant because it gets people to talk a little bit more in maybe a feeling-based way versus just spewing a bunch of facts, right? And then so if, if people are feeling that from you, like, oh, Fred's a great guy, that means there's some sort of emotion that's, get el- that's getting elicited from you and you're creating that, that people want more. Yeah, because I agree, like the end of the day, most people like talking about themselves. They really do. Yeah. And and, and what being charismatic allows you to do is it, it allows you to project that you're so confident in your own skin, wherever you yes. are, you act like you belong wherever you are, that you don't have to perform. You don't have to impress. You can just be interested. You can just, you know, wait a minute. Tell me, where did you get that outfit? That's like, that looks amazing on you. Uh, you know, I, I, I wish I could shop like that. And, and, and it, you're off to the races. And it, but as you said, the, the, that allows you to connect emotionally with people quickly. I was having this conversation with this woman recently at a convention. And I realized we were, when she's, told me this, that, that because I was just, I, I know how to just find out what matters to people. Yeah. And that's, that's where you get to. Yeah. And we were five or six minutes into the conversation and she suddenly says, well, my father died when I was 10 years old. And I thought, wow, I've actually made her that comfortable that she's going down like four layers of what's what's happened in her life that has impacted who she is. Mm -hmm. And it's just because you're inviting it. You're making it, you're vulnerable and you're making it possible for them to be comfortable being vulnerable with you. It's an amazing transition when you can do it. And and once you get good at it, which anybody can get good at it. Yes. it, It just, it works magically everywhere. That's, that's awesome. On the flip side, what would you say to someone? Cause I mean, I, I have a lot of clients who are actually the opposite of what you're saying, meaning they're so good at asking questions and making people feel amazing where they attract like, you know, lopsided relationships and situations. Cause all their focus is on them because they're uncomfortable showing up themselves, kind of like the woman I was talking about on the top of the show. So like, how do you also balance that out? Are there like some tips around that? Yeah. What you're going to do is 
you're going to start. It, 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 people think it's got to be ping pong. It's got to be back and forth yeah, the yeah, same yeah. way. If As long as you don't do that, as long as you in it's imbalanced in their favor, you can come in with, with something very, like I said, be very vulnerable mm-hmm. uh, and, and just talk about, you know, that's, uh, I've always wanted to go to Rome, but I have this thing where when I don't speak a language, I get I get really nervous about going to another country. I feel like I'm not going to know what's going to happen. I'm going to get lost. I'm going to buy stuff that I and pay three times as much for it. Bingo! So- yes. Oh my god! Wait, I just want to pause there and like you listening to this. What he, that example that you just gave is exactly right because you had about three feeling words in there as you were sharing. You weren't talking about the facts of what happened. You were talking about the feeling that was coming from you in that experience in Rome. So that, that was brilliant. Thank you. I just want to highlight that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's it. And that, and that's what and people don't realize that's all you have to do. Yes. It's, it's like, you don't have to be, you don't have to come up with something funny and I'll come up with something funny often. Uh, but it's because I've had a ton of training. Okay. I warn people, if you're trying to be funny, that's the problem because yeah. the word try means you're making an effort to be funny rather than being, being. clever or witty or observant in the moment. The way you're going to be really funny is if you're really listening to somebody because I've been in groups of people where everybody, everybody's talking and I'm just listening and then I can just come right in with an observation that is that puts an interesting twist on everything because I don't feel like I need equal time I'm I can just be like and it's taken me years to to not be the know-it-all and not to try not play top this and not monologue in conversations (laughs) when somebody finally lets me talk it's taken I've made all of these mistakes for decades till I realized they were colossal mistakes and I just shifted the focus, but that I'm going to say the word vulnerable again, because that's when I talked about my failures, my challenges, yeah. that just opens other people. Cause, cause we live in a world of social media where everybody's pretending to have the most amazing life. They're showing us the best moments of their year, and they've got a bunch of pictures of it and a video of it. Look at this party I'm at. Look at this place I'm visiting. Look at this. And, and, and so we, we have a fun, fun competition online. Nobody's life is as interesting as their social media life. And so we feel like we've got to rise to that level. Just ignore that. There's nothing social about social media. It's actually it should be called anti-social, uh, anti-social media. <laughs> yeah. That's so. so true. Oh my God. This could be a whole other like podcast yeah. episode, right? Yeah. Um, I love this phrase that you say that like, don't believe everything you think. Yeah. That's, can you talk a little more about that? And I know we got to end soon. It, because we, so many of the voices in our head mm. are inaccurate that they are they're based on our parentage and our social environment and the, the experiences the traumatic experiences all the biases that that we have that have been fed to us all the defense mechanisms that we've built up that tell ourselves 
to, so that we can, oh, oh, I really don't like being with people that much. Bullshit. Okay. When, as soon as somebody says that to me, it's like, oh, you're just scared of people. You're just, you just don't know how to interact. So you've told yourself you don't need people. Well, guess what? You got human DNA. You're stuck with it. Okay. We are social human beings. We live and thrive and you will live a really short life if you don't think you need people and you, you live an anti-social solitary life. It's not what we're made for. That's and then you go on social media to be an antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. Well, man, virtual reality is going to make it even worse. Oh, God. Oh, God. I can't go there. Um, Fred, I love this conversation. It's like we're speaking the same language and it's so beautiful. And I love your take and how you're helping people become more bold. Are there any like kind of parting words of wisdom and where can everyone find you and, and the book and all that? Well, I, I mean, the, the thing about uh, don't believe everything you think is is to to instead of I, instead of just saying so what, it's like asking, could that possibly be true? Oh, everybody's going to laugh at me. That's my favorite example. Everybody's going to laugh at me. Really, everybody? Every and single you, person. <laughs> and do you know them? How many of them do you know? And do they know you? Could that thing you just told yourself, that voice in your head, actually be true? And then, and, and you're forced to say, well, it's not completely true. Then stop saying it. I'm like saying I'm shy. But really, are you shy with your parents? Are you shy with your siblings? So you're not shy. You just behave shy in a shy way sometimes. You are underconfident sometimes. You're completely confident at other times. You have, we all have our zones of confidence and underconfidence. The idea is you want to be confident when it matters. Mm. And you got to build your boldness muscle to prepare yourself for that. So you need powerful mantras, affirmations in your head. I belong everywhere. Because mm. there's no reason why you shouldn't. I have been in rooms with incredibly successful people uh, and and uh, who've made who made a hundred times what I've made uh, in, in 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 my career more successful more attractive more interesting whatever the heck I would, and they're but they're all just people and I don't tell myself I I am not worthy I don't tell myself I don't belong because I am determined not to play it safe I do not want my tombstone to say he played it as safe as possible the whole way. Mm. I want it to say the opposite. He, he was daring and made huge mistakes and had great adventure and blew all his money and made great friends and savored his failures Ooh. and ran the clock all the way out and left it all on the mat. That's awesome. That's awesome. Fred, so, so powerful. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can everyone find your book, by the way? Is it on Amazon? Amazon. Or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's, it's uh, in all formats. So it's in mm -hmm. Kindle, it's on Audible with me reading it, and, uh, and it's hardcover as well. And the Kindle's only a dollar. So uh, it, read, the, read the first 30 pages. If it doesn't resonate with you in 30 pages, stop. I say that with any book, any business book, read it later. You're not ready for it. It's not, but it'll, it'll be sitting there when you are ready. But I think 
you're going to you're going to want to know what can be because the only person you need permission from to have the life you want is you stop yes. waiting for permission from anybody else yes and in fact that would be the first bold action is to actually pick up his book just yes. just picking up the book is is an action you know and what can come from that Who yeah knows? well i i did a workshop two day workshop last weekend and at the beginning, I just said to everybody, I said, you are all exceptional just by the fact that you showed up here, that you actually said, I want to be bolder and I'm willing to spend two days of my life trying to become bolder. I said, so you've told me something amazing about yourself already. And now I'm going to really put you through it because you, awesome. you've given me the opportunity. Oh, wonderful. That's so great. And then as you're doing your workshops and reading your books, I encourage everyone to take it one step further and ladies wear a red dress or something pink and men stand out bold with the way that you dress. Maybe it's a hat, maybe it's a really sharp leather jacket, whatever it is, because the costume will also help you you know, really be seen and be comfortable with that boldness. So I think it's really like complimentary. <laughs> I mean, there are power clothes. There's, yes. I absolutely have stuff I wear on stage. Sometimes yes. it's the underwear. They don't even know that I got my power yes. underwear on. Yeah, but you know what you got going I on. I know what else? I got on. Yeah. On. So. <laughs> oh, Fred, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure, Kimberly. And thank you for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you struggle with being seen and heard, attracting lopsided relationships, and need some encouragement to take bold action in your dating life, hop out a call with me to strategize mapping out a plan to help you. Just click the link you see in the show notes to schedule that. And who knows? that could that one call could be that bold move that could change your entire life and remember working on you is working on your dating life that's all for now